Welcome to Family Financial Feuds from the University of Illinois Extension. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Family Financial Feuds podcast. My name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard, and I am a consumer economics educator with the University of Illinois Extension, and I am with my partner today, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. My name is Sasha Grobenstetter, and I'm also a consumer economics educator at the University of Illinois Extension. And today, we're hoping to talk to you about to show or not to show, sharing your credit report or debit or your debt information with your partner. Well, this is a great topic, right? I mean, who doesn't like talking about like money and partnership? I mean, other than us, it's going to be really uncomfortable having this I conversation. So. Um, I absolutely think so. <laughs> um, so just to get us started, I'm just going to give you like a quick background of like my, how I shared, you know, my credit report or debt information with my partner. So, you know, my husband and I, uh, obviously we were dating and we were like, are we going to be serious? And, um, you know, we have a different background. Like we're both financial planners. Um, that's what our degrees are in. And so for us, it was kind of like a no brainer, but I don't, I don't know if that's the same way for other people, but I did definitely was upfront and honest with like, Hey, here's how much credit card debt I have. And here's how many student loans I have. And this is what you're going to marry. Have fun. So <laughs> that's kind of how it started for me. Um, I don't know how, I don't know, Kamaya, what your experience was like. Right. And so I didn't have that experience. Okay. I I think when um, I was talking with my partner when we got serious and we started talking about money. And of course, that's a very important thing. And it, it was a very important mm -hmm. topic for me, too, because I did have student loan debt, but it wasn't a lot of student loan debt. So I was very much interested in what his credit card debt was and what his student loan debt was. So that was like a conversation that we have. And then we started talking about like our goals and our dreams. And guess what? When you start talking about goals and dreams, you start talking about money. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. So that's kind of how, like, that evolved. Like, that conversation just evolved over time. And, um, you know, we started thinking about, like, what we want out of life and what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, just talking about, like, our shared dreams and goals and values. All of that helped steer, like, that conversation about money. See, that's good. I mean, mm -hmm. at least there was a conversation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's yeah. um let's kind of like bring it back for our listeners and talk about like what what really is credit because you know I think um mm -hmm. especially Kamaya when we teach you know class there's yes. a lot of questions about credit so kind of like mm -hmm. let's kind of talk about like what your definition of credit is yeah absolutely so you know when we think about credit it's just money that you borrow you borrow as a loan um, with the intention to pay it back and you borrow that money so that you can buy goods and services and things that you need. That's just a baseline um, definition of that. No, that's definitely great. And I think, um, and I would also add that, you know, credit is, um, when you when you think about credit, it is also a risk factor. So yeah. um, when banks look at you, they say, oh, is, is Kamaya risky? Is Seisha mm -hmm. risky? You know, they want to know, mm -hmm. like, uh, can I actually loan to her? Or is she just not going to pay this loan off? So it's, it's also a measure of risk. So yeah. it's another thing to add. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, there's also the question about, like, what is a credit report? 
So, you know, for me, a credit report is a statement in time. So um, let's say I want to go to one of the big three, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian. I'm going to pull my credit report for today, and that's only going to show what my credit looks like for today. So mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that is available to show you all your account history, your name, your address, all that, and see, you know, if you're a good person to borrow to. Yeah, exactly. So credit reports. So a lot of people, when I teach class, I don't know about you, but when I teach a class about credit, they have so many questions about credit in general. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, what's the difference between a credit score and a credit report? And what's the difference between my history and the report? And, you know, um, I think there are just a lot of questions about, like, credit in general. Yes, there is. And I get those questions as well, too. And a big thing for... Um, for me, and I know for us as consumer economics, it's trying to help people understand that difference, you know? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. And letting them know, like, how they, how eligible they are to, you know, pull their credit report annually and understanding, like, what makes up a credit score. So we can break that down a little bit, but I know we definitely don't want to, like, just dwell too much on, like, all of that. But even with, like, your credit scores, knowing, like, what makes that up. So, you know, like, your payment history, because when um, lenders are going to try to give you their money, they want to know that, hey, Stacia had a good history of paying her car, mm -hmm. on, you know, card on time. So I'm okay lending to her. So, you know, different things like that, like the length of credit and all of that, that makes up like your credit score. I think, um, you know, I want to make one like sp special like deviation about like the difference between a score and a report is that, mm -hmm. you know, even when you're talking with your with your partner, with your spouse, uh, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your potential fiance, like, um, you know, the score is important, but it's not as important as the report and the history yes. that you're making. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the score can change at any time. There's like hundreds of different scoring options. So like, you know, you could have a sc one score with one bank versus a different bank and like all the different things. So uh, I just want to kind of make that clear is that Reports are more reports are important, but the history that you're making when you pull that report on that specific day is, you know, that's what you, th that's what lenders are going to look at. The yep. score is just uh, a number to determine, you know, how risky you are, like we talked about earlier. That's awesome. And I like that short summary of that. I think that's great. And I know we have some other fun things to talk about, especially with thinking more about like kind of what the research says, because that's an important part of our job. And we're not going to go through like all the statistics, but just talk a little bit about, you know, how do you talk to your spouse about the money and, you know, thinking about like what your financial lives are going to look like. And there is like a lot of research out there. There that is. talks about that. There's a ton of research out there. Um, uh, one of the things that I was reading when I was doing some research for this podcast was um, one of my good friends actually developed this financial transparency scale. Her name's mm -hmm. Emily Cushel. She's from K-State, uh, Kansas State, sorry. And um, she, you know, financial transparency is really important when we start talking about, um, you know, what it is that you are discussing with your, your significant other about your finances. And so... Yeah. Um, just to kind of give you like a textbook definition of financial transparency, it's just the open and honest disclosure of one's finances, um, which kind of sounds kind of scary, but, you know, depending on how you are, it could, it could be, could not be, just depends. Mm -hmm. um, but she did a really um, nice study. So she was basically just trying to 
just decide if the the financial transparency scale was valid. And she did find that it was valid. Um, and she put a bunch of different scales together. Um, she also took a bunch of data. Um, she went with 183 married individuals for the first five within the first five years of marriage, um, and only heterosexual couples were included. But there's other research coming out about you know those other partners, um, the ones that aren't in a heterosexual relationship. Um, so it was a really cool study because it helps to not only talk about disclosure of right. um, the finances, but it also talked about financial secrecy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Kamai, if you want to like touching on yeah, that. I, yeah, I you know that I love I love this um, this topic so much. Um, I did a blog post on this as well too because it is such an important thing. And I've done interviews with different women and a big thing for them when they think about, you know, having money coming in, they're like, This is my money and you can ask question, Oh, is this for the family or is this just for you? Um, does your partner know that you purchased certain things? Mm-hmm. And a big thing for a lot of them is that nope, this is my money and no, he doesn't know that I purchase this and other things and so that's an important part when we think of like transparency and like secrecy um you know when do you buy something when do you not buy something do you talk with your partner about what you buy and you know how much of it do you need to disclose and so that's a very important piece in the relationship and the dynamics of relationships are so different. And for us who we deal with like money issues every day and focus on these topics every day. So it might be a little bit easier for us to have certain conversations with our partner. But I know for a lot of families and individuals, um, it, it might not be it might be a, it might be a very challenging thing to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think having conversations about money in general is difficult. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, let's say you're dating and you're like, hey, uh, I think I want to marry you. (laughs) And uh, go Bruno Mars. (laughs) Yeah, I think I want to marry you. um, And I think that we should uh, look at each other's credit card debt. Is that cool with you? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if, um, you know, I don't think this is initiated by most people. Right. Um, even though like I posted this, on, I, you know, and we talked about this, Kamaya, that I posted this on my Facebook page, this question about, you know, should you share your credit report slash your debts with your significant other? Um, and I got a lot of really interesting, que- you know, answers. I don't know if it's just like because we're, I'm a millennial and I have a lot of millennial mm-hmm. friends and I have a lot of friends who are also financial planners, but everyone was like, yes, you should. It's really important. <laughs> um, but the one thing that was missing was like, um, people like, I was like, you know, when did you do this? You know, was right. it, you know, um, I had friends, you know, on there who are divorced, who have, you know, been married for a long time. It's like, well, when did you actually decide to have this conversation? You know, was it after the first credit card bill that came and you're mm-hmm. like, holy smokes, I can't pay this by myself? <laughs> yeah, it's and the timing of that, too. Right. So mm-hmm. I know because, yeah, Sasha did an awesome job with a Facebook post and I went through and I read like all these replies because yeah. they were awesome. And, you know, one of them, of course, that stood out was, you know, well, you need to be careful, though, you know, thinking about like, when do you share this information? You know, if you know somebody for a short while and you're dating and you are not exactly sure how this relationship is going to go. It might be semi-serious. You might be hopeful that, you know, it works out. But, you know, when's the right time? And I feel like 
in my opinion, I don't have the answer to that. Like, when is the right time? I love that somebody like, answered like six dates in or something. <laughs> yeah, somebody was talking about that. Six dates. You know, <laughs> this is my first date. When we're on our first date, I need to know your credit report. I need to know how much debt you have. And I need to know, you know, if we're going to sign a prenup or not. So, no, I mean, that's not yeah. how this works. Yeah, exactly. And I think a huge thing for me, um, you know, when I was first together with my partner, like I said, it was talking about like goals and dreams. And then the conversation evolved into something deeper as our relationship grew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think that it it's based on like the relationship you have with a person and, you know, thinking about like the timing of how you talk about like these different topics, because definitely not on the second date, you're going to be talking about um, these very deep personal things about, okay, so this is the amount I have in credit card debt, just like Sisha was saying. So, yeah, it depends on kind of where you are in your relationship and where you are in your life. And with like all the credit card and identity theft and all the different scam that goes on, we encourage people, of course, to be very careful about how and with whom you share those information. Oh, definitely. I mean, identity theft is so rampant nowadays. You could just date someone for like, you know, three or four months and they could steal your identity. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously this is not every case and I'm obviously taking it to an extreme, but um, you know, we just want you to make sure that this is, this is the person you're either going to spend the rest of your life with, or, you know, you decide that, you know, you want a long-term relationship with the person before you're like, Oh, Hey, I want to know these things about you. Yeah. Um, I think another um, key point from um, reading the Facebook post was that um, when we talked about, um, communication was like a big thing for it um yes. you know like because this is obviously a topic that makes a lot of people uncomfortable first of all mm-hmm. like people are like oh money <laughs> and then you're like oh what you know but i want to you know i want to combine together um so for i think a lot of people um you know that communication of like hey you know like i think it's time you know like I want to get married. And I think this, yes. so let me back up. I think one of the things like this comes up a lot, and I don't know if this is um, a millennial thing. And so I apologize, uh, Kamaya, because I think you're like on the cusp of the millennial. I'm on the cusp of yeah. the millennial. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of like pastoral counselors, a lot of people who, when you work with somebody um, mm. or even do like a premarital class, like this is something that comes up yes. more commonly nowadays than maybe than it used to. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, that communication piece, but also this financial piece coming, you know, coming into of like, oh, hey, have you guys even thought about that? And I don't know if, you know, that's the first time they hear it is like through like a, a counseling session with their pastor or through like a, yes. uh, a workshop, you know, because they're going to get married, um, you know, but I don't know if a lot of people actually think about this before they actually take that big plunge. Right. And this just like leads into something that's been very important to me in thinking about, you know, family financial socialization. So, you know, thinking back to what socialization is, you know, these are the things that you learn from like your family, mm-hmm. from your peers, from your community. So like the different values that you might attach to different things. And so when you think of like money, like what messages did you hear about money growing up? And you think about that, especially when you're entering into a partnership with somebody, you too might be from, you know, the same 
um, county, the same community, but you might be raised in different households where you have different attitudes and, and beliefs about money. And so all of that affects like how you merge your life together and having like those important conversations about money and how you handle that. So that's a very important piece. And I know, of course, that we're talking about like all these different top, different pieces, but it is coming together. We're definitely. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just to, like piggyback off Kamaya. So we have um, there is research on this. Uh, it's actually from Klontz in, in Brit, um, again, out of K-State. And then Klontz has his own private uh, consulting firm. But um, they did um, all this information about money scripts, which is basically like what what money messages did you receive as a child? Um, and so it's, you know, it's really interesting to see, you know, like what money messages, you know, like I had as a child versus like my husband, um, you know, and we had, to, you know, in graduate school, because we were in the same degree, you know, we got to see what each other's money's messages were, and they were totally different, like totally different. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, like, not only the communication piece, right, like, you know, and like the socialization, the money scripts, like, how did I grow up? How is money taught to me? But how is it also going to be shared with my future spouse? Right. So it's, you know, really good, really good things to, you know, have discussions about. Um, Absolutely. So just to kind of like um, jump into some more of our chat, um, you know, one of the things I think, you know, when we talk about um, this discussion is uh, when you have this discussion with your partner, you know, um, it is a serious talk. So take it seriously. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise you may not want to marry that person. Actually, <laughs> but I think one really big point that one of my friends made on Facebook was, um, you know, even if my partner has debt or hasn't, you know, doesn't have a great credit report or score, um, I'm still going to, you know, work with them like, mm -hmm. uh, and be with them. So like, let me give you my life example. So I earlier I kind of spoke briefly on like that. I had credit card debt. Well, I had $12,000 in credit card debt before my husband and I got married. And so my husband kind of knew what he was getting into. Um, and he accepted me for who I was because we had the conversation, right? Yes. Um, whereas like my husband, unfortunately, had no credit cards. He had no credit cards at all. Um, Cause um, you know, the, the credit card act of 2009 bumped up the age from 18 to 21. And so his dad actually had to help him co-sign for my engagement ring, my husband. So he had no credit. So like here I have all this credit with all this credit card debt and he has no credit at all. Um, so, but he accepted me for who I was. And I think the, the main point of that is that, you know, we actually had that discussion instead of making it secret, going back to that yeah. secrecy that we talked about earlier. I think that's so important too, because if you are in a relationship that's blossoming, I'm going to use that word, blossoming. Really <laughs> if you are in a relationship that's growing and you see that this is a person that I, w I want to share my life with this person. And I know that, you know, we might, each of us might be coming into the relationship with different things in terms of like our finances, but we have like these shared goals that we know that, okay, so we want to pay down this debt within this certain amount of time. We want to pay, we want to try to save for 
a down payment on our on our first home if we decide to have children i know that we want to save together for our children so you have like these things that if you're in a relationship and you see and it's going a certain way and you start talking about like these different things that you wanted to do together then that absolutely um that that would not be a deal breaker for me mm-hmm. as i'm you know as i'm thinking about this it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me either because you have these things that you you want to work towards and you want to share your life together i guess kind of to ask you on the flip side Kamai, what would have been like a deal breaker for you like if you had sat down with your partner and you're like hey here's my here's my financial life like what would you, <laughs> what would deal breaker? um so i think for me it would have to go back to like um the secrecy piece so mm. you know thinking about if we decide that, okay, let's just talk about like what we have going on, like how much we have in debt and you don't disclose um, fully what's going on with you. And then I found out maybe a little bit later, then that would just be not a very good thing. That would not um, be in like your best interest because then that's just, we, if we're at the point where we're saying, okay, let's just share all of this and try to figure it out and what we're trying to do and um you were you don't disclose that then that's kind of a deal breaker for me okay how about yourself um i think you know coming from the yes i had debt but i think you know if i had a significant amount of debt besides student loan debt of course like i'm talking Mm -hmm. credit card debt revolving debt um debt that i've you know accumulated over years you know if someone was if my if my partner was like i had fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt that might make me rethink maybe marrying this person. And it's not because I don't love that person. It's just like, maybe we, you know, maybe we don't have the shared goals that we talked about, like, you know, or the values, like, um, you know, or maybe we just don't get married yet because we got to work on that. Um, You know, I think, you know, there are varying degrees of like, okay, well I can tolerate this. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of about tolerance too. Yes. Um, like I can tolerate this much debt, but if you have this much debt, then maybe, maybe we shouldn't get married right now. Maybe we should wait a year and you can get, you know, start to snowball that debt down. Yeah, um, Yeah, that's true. And I think too, like, you know, having kind of like a plan, um, about how you want to like handle things. Cause if you are, you know, you're leaving school, you have like all this debt or you've been out of school for a while and you have like all this debt, but you don't have like a very effective plan and how you're paying it down. Mm -hmm. Um, then, you know, then that makes it really hard to just, you know, have kind of like the financial freedom that you really want. Yeah. And financial freedom is so important. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And so uh, another thing, you know, I want to touch on is like not everyone is as savvy and financially minded as you and I are, Kamaya. Uh, I'm, I think I'm getting there. I'm getting a little bit more savvy. Oh, yeah. You know, I think you're savvy. Really. No, I definitely think you're savvy. <laughs> but I just don't think, you know, I don't know if everyone is on our level, right? Right. Uh, That's that, so true. You know, we teach, we teach it every day. Uh, I've lived it for so long mm-hmm. of my life. You know, I graduated from college, like. 10 years ago, not really like eight years ago, but it feels like 10 sometimes, you know, so I've been talking about personal finance for such a long time that, you know, maybe, um, you know, a good thing to think about when you're talking about couples or a spouse or partners that, you know, like if one is really good with financial information that maybe, you know, they take the lead on that, but maybe you take more of a lead on like looking at some of the other side of it, like, you know, how, what goals can we achieve because we do this, you know? Yes. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing to consider as well is that, that, 
you know, like I value their input. I appreciate who they are, but Mm -hmm. I also, you know, want to rely on their strength. And, you know, like I have other strengths, like maybe I'm really good at cooking or whatever it may be, you know, um, but having, but still having that conversation is, is, is important. So. Yeah, I believe so as well, too. And I, there's another thing that I would like to add. And, you know, this goes back to like everything else that we've been talking about. And in addition to like thinking about like, you know, financial socialization, like the messages and your money script and all of that. I also think it's important to consider like how culture affects that, you know, Mm. so for example, like even like culture in the U.S. or if your partner is from a different culture and how, you know, those values and beliefs around money, how those shape like relationships. Mm. And um, I don't think those things are a deal breaker. I think it's just being cognizant of the fact that my partner is um, from from a different background than I am, and so he might think about, or she might think about a relationship this way. And, uh, sorry, finances this way, and I might think about it a certain way. So just um, being cognizant of that a little bit to mm-hmm. make sure that you know you are considering the fact that yes, I love this person, I want to spend my life with this person, but I understand that there are differences that we can definitely work out together when it comes to money. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there are, you know, certain things, right? Like we like we talked about tolerance earlier. Like, you know, there are certain things I could maybe tolerate, right? Like um, I had a client once um, in grad school and I was talking with him and he's like, there's this large chunk of money. I wouldn't say like a huge chunk, but a, a significant amount of money mm-hmm. that went to his family every month. And, you know, I asked him about it and he was like, well, that's just that's just what I do. That's just what I send. And, you know, it was a cultural difference that mm-hmm. I hadn't personally, um, you know, d- been around before and so you know um we did talk about it and i was like you know if you did change this it would do this but you know he was very adamant like this is my culture this is what i do you know and if i was in a relationship with that person i'd either have to you know tolerate that Mm -hmm. or you know we'd have to find a way to kind of come meet in the middle right yes absolutely and i will say i am from families that are like that because i grew up Mm -hmm. in jamaica and so a lot of my families here like my parents and other extended family and so they do send money back quite often to um, extended family and a huge part of that is just making sure that I'm like mom is this a part of your budget this month can you afford to do this this month think about like all the other bills and savings goals that you have so you know in a relationship um, once it starts getting serious is thinking more along the line of this is a part of my partner's value, Mm -hmm. um, how they um, care for their family, how they think about um, their relationship with like their extended family members and actually having a discussion about that and being open uh, about what that means so that one of you aren't secretly sending money and, you know, things like that can definitely cause family feuds. Oh yeah, definitely family feuds. (laughs) Um, It was actually, um, there was uh again, from, we talked earlier about Klontz and Britt when, uh, um, we were talking about, um, the money scripts, but another thing that they, they had at, um, a really great research article that talked about financial infidelity mm. or financially deceptive acts can actually yeah. have like a really devastating effect on relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good point to bring in here is just like talking about, um, you know, like those kind of things can break a relationship. It's a deal breaker. Yes. yes. You know, that, that secrecy, that privacy, you know, like when you, when you marry someone, I, I, I believe that, you know, you become a team together Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, um, whether you keep your bank account separate or together, you know, um, and that's a completely different topic. But oh, yeah. And I you, love that topic. Totally, totally talk about. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, we we definitely want to have this discussion of like, okay, I want to be open and honest in my relationship. And I want to self-disclose all the information I have about me financially. So here is my, here's all my stuff. Yeah. Love me, take me, leave mm-hmm. me stay with me, whatever you decide. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's out on the table because here's where we're going next in our relationship. Yeah. And, you know, we recognize that puts puts us in a position of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. To just share that information. And, you know, Seisha and I were having a conversation before and we were talking about how deeply personal it is. Because, oh, yes. you know, when you think about, like, your credit history, you probably have a few things on there. You're like, well, I wouldn't make that decision now. I would have probably <laughs> not made that decision that I made before. And you're sharing that. You're sharing, <clears throat> excuse me, you're sharing a part of your past um, with someone else. And it's deeply personal. Oh, yes. And, you know, so we recognize that. and But we know that when you... Um, you know, self-disclose when you're open and honest about other things. It's it's not going to solve all your problems and your relationship throughout your life, but it's a great start to just being open and honest with your partner. We talk about like um, like building your home, right? Like building your financial future. You want your house to be built on rock mm-hmm. and not sand. Yep. Or even like sticks that can burn up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, having um, – this piece is a good piece to, you know like when you're starting that relationship you're you're very serious you're moving into that piece of like i want to get married to you i want to marry you mm-hmm. um you know sharing and self-disclosure is especially about credit and debt is an important piece absolutely um but mostly because it, it also builds trust mm-hmm. right and um one thing is like when you are talking about like you know, you're going to build this life together. You're going to build it on rock instead of sand. Um, you know, having good credit can give you, you know, better interest rate on things. So things like your purchase, your future home, your car, you know, um, that engagement ring or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, having that good credit will definitely help you. Um, so the other piece of it, of course, is like, you know, we talked about like if you did it too soon, you know, if you talked about this conversation too soon, uh, it could end it. But I do think, you know, a lot of people don't discuss like the opposite piece, right? Like if you don't discuss your finances um, and you just kind of jump into your relationship um, without kind of having this discussion, you could be spending more over your lifetime on these yeah. things. You know, mm-hmm. your your um, interest rate could be higher on your debt. Yeah. Um, it could be also on your house, your car, you know, or that one spouse is responsible for it than the other. So it is That's very true. It is something definitely to, you know, have these um, conversations about. So, um, you know, one thing we really didn't cover, Kamaya, you know, like what if, what if one, you know, what if one spouse or future partner or, um, you know, fiance does have a, a crummy credit report. Like, what do what do we what do we think we should tell our, hmm. our listeners? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> what happens then? Um, and I, I I'm wondering if for some people they're like, well, you know what? I'm I was not serious anyhow, so I'm just gonna take a step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, if you're in it, you know, your heart's in it, and yes, you you are in it to win it, and you just really, you are digging this person, man. You think this person could be the one. What do you do? What would you do, Seisha? Because I'm thinking right now, what would yeah. I do? Well, you know, I think I think we'd have to evaluate the situation, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if it's if it's something that's like, okay, well, they just have like a bunch of credit card debt like me, you know, like we, we can make a plan together. Um, we can use, you know, uh, PowerPay, which is a great website from Utah Extension, woohoo, um, mm-hmm. that does uh, helps you to um, pay off your debt in a timely manner, which helps, mm-hmm. um, you know, but maybe you, that significant other really needs like maybe some credit counseling or maybe they just need a financial coach to kind of help push them along. But um, if it's really bad, you know, maybe for a little while you just consider like working on their credit, building it for them, helping them push it forward. And you maybe start to put things in your name. Um, Yes, you're you're taking a risk, but, uh, you know, that might Mm -hmm. be that might be a good way. I don't know how you feel, Kamaya. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. And I mean, with you can find like community resources because with like mm-hmm. us extension, we are a community resource. You know, you can find resources to to help with like managing like your finances and getting to a good place. Because like we keep saying with like the financial freedom piece, you want to get especially very high um, interest rate um, loans like your credit card, you want to get those down really fast. Mm-hmm. And so definitely f- seeking like the help and um, being open again and, and communicating with like your partner about like what you're trying to do and working, let them know I'm working with like a counselor who's going to help me uh, manage this better. So those things like that are very important. And even though we might think of it as a deal breaker, um, it could be situations like life situation could have happened in their lives that just like really mess it up. Or it could be like another family member who messed up their credit mm-hmm. or, you know, so it could be all these other things that affected like their, their overall credit um, history and, you know, have them cause them to have like a lower credit score. So, you know, the, I think like all of that is important thinking about the person as a whole, not just oh, saying, yeah. okay, you have bad credit. So bye. It's more, you know, what, <laughs> what, 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 what caused that, you know, you know, there might have been some life situations that they didn't really have a lot of control over or they, mm-hmm. you know, misunderstood how it worked and how things like that. So definitely having those conversation and trying to help them figure that out. I mean, if it's if you're with somebody who just looks like they don't care at all, well, you know, that might be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. If you just don't care, you just just leaving it. You just pretend like it doesn't exist. Then that's that's a different type of problem. Well, I just want to bring up this quick research fact that I think is really good. Um, so, like I said, my friend Emily did this financial transparency scale, but in order to do the scale, you have to go through and like do all, read all the other research. And one of the things that she brought out was uh, this idea of self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says uh, it's actually from Dowd, um, 2005. It says this, this particularly alarming. Um, she says if you don't reveal your inner thoughts and past experiences to another person it can become particularly alarming because self-disclosure is one of the most important factors to consider when predicting the natural of the nature of marital satisfaction so Mm -hmm. if you're not able to self-disclose and kind of be vulnerable with that person and kind of be honest with it then you know Mm -hmm. you might get that five-year itch you might get that seven-year itch where you're like okay i'm done now 
Thanks. Yes. So that's very true. That's very true. And I love the fact that, um, you know, when we were thinking about this and looking to see like what exists out there, I mean, we do um, know some of the research that exists before. I was very excited to, to, to see that there are so many research and, you know, it's such a growing area of people wanting to understand more about like relationships and money because, um, you know, it, it's caused a lot of relationship to, to hand, end, and um, it's a very, very important topic. Yeah, I think definitely marriage marriage is difficult anyway. <laughs> right? But then, add, but then you add a money issue on top of it, yes. whether it's secrecy, whether it's my, my partner has a terrible credit score or credit report, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, a combination of both, or, you know, maybe it's just something that, like, bothers you, that, like, maybe they go golfing every week and it makes you mad that they get to spend $40 on golf every week while I have to stay at home and watch the kids, whatever it is. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, if you're not having these conversations, even throughout life, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have some problems. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this brought me to like a very important thing that I think about you with, um, with finances. And I feel like we all want like that flexibility where we don't feel like somebody is monitoring everything mm-hmm. that I'm doing. You know, you want to have like a little bit of freedom to say, oh, I can make this decision. But while that, that's very important, um, having that freedom, but what's also important, too, is making sure that for, you know, major purchases and big decisions that you're going to make when you are establishing or um, maintaining the partnership mm-hmm. to have, like, those conversations. So I always joke with, with my partner, I'm like, well, you would not surprise buy me a car. Okay, I don't want to see a new car with a ribbon on there because I need to know what's happening. That's so funny. You can hear and, me and I'm yeah. like, oh, that'd be awesome. I, I just like, I, he's like, no, you cannot surprise me with a car. I, I love the thought. It sounds romantic and beautiful. But how did we afford this again? What plans did we have to like get a new car? You know, what rate did we get on this? Are we going to pay this? You know, so it's just like, so it's thinking about like the bigger things that you're doing too. Um, you know, like that self-disclosure piece is, is very important. I like that um, you talked about that, Sasha, with, you know, being vulnerable with someone and talking about um, like your experiences and stuff that you go through. And so I think that, of course, can definitely help you in um maintaining a partnership where you feel comfortable like having like money discussions with your partner definitely well mm-hmm. i feel like we've really covered this topic we really cover this topic really and we have you with this i know and we have some great takeaways like oh, sort definitely. of summarize like everything that we've said um like if you can't tell Sasha and I love this topic we're very passionate about this topic we could talk about all sorts of different types of money and relationship topics uh obviously those will be for future podcasts so be on the lookout for those but um you know just like some quick takeaways we're just like you know just remember just be cautious how you share your information you definitely want to guard your heart and your wallet um you know there are people who will scam you so that's just something to be aware of and you know if you're really in it to win it be in it to win it you know what I mean absolutely and another thing is when you decide that you're gonna have like a money conversation I think it's important to be aware of like your emotions Mm -hmm. and if you're talking about okay how are we going to save for this trip 
just stick to that. Don't talk about like the other money um, topics that you probably need to talk about. Just just stick to what you need to talk about and then just be be careful. Be cognizant of like your emotions. Oh, yeah. I can I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, another piece of it is, uh, you know, positive communication in just general um, in in a relationship is, is good to have. But, you know, when we're talking about money, it is a vulnerability. It is it could make you insecure. Maybe you did make some bad mistakes in the past that you're uh, ashamed about. So, you know, just use that positive communication. Just kind of make sure that you are having that conversation and making it happy, making it funny, you know, like just get that person some ease on, you know, this conversation that may make them really uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Very true. And then discuss like your shared goals and values. Um, that's it. Like, like I, I shared before, that was an important piece for um, my partner and I, because then we started talking about the things we wanted to do and it just sort of clicked. And then like the money conversation um, became more focused on that. And it wasn't like this huge ordeal that, oh, we have to talk about it. You know, it just evolved. So discuss like things that you value and things that you want to do in your life. You know, like whether it's like saving for retirement, where you want to retire. I daydream all the time with my partner. Sometimes we're in like Oregon. Sometimes we live in England. You know, we just like daydream about like what we want to do when we retire. So make it fun. Like talk about those things. And then I guess on the flip side of that, like just to play devil's advocate, like if Mm -hmm. you guys don't have shared goals and values, then maybe, you, you know, you shouldn't be in it to win it. Maybe you should be thinking about yeah, finding a new partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just to, and then of course we talked earlier about like understanding cultural values. Um, you know, maybe like I said earlier that, you know, maybe you send money to your family and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there are some differences in a lot of our cultures. Um, but you know, then, you know, I think at the end of the day you have to decide, am I tolerant of it? And can I accept it? Yes. Very cool. And then I love this one acknowledge like each other's financial strength and say she talked a little bit about this too like you know if you might one partner might be good at uh, managing like this aspect of your financial life and this partner is um, good at managing another then you know you value that if you have a partner who makes sure that you know the mortgage or the rent is paid like every month the utilities are paid you can say hey Thank you so much, Aisha. You know, I, I, I see what you do like every month in making sure that our light doesn't get cut off. And I really appreciate that. And if you have a partner who is very good at thinking about the long term, you know, so like investing in your future, saving money for yourself and, and for your family, then, you know, give them the recognition they need. Because I think that's important because we all have like the strengths that we bring to like a relationship. So acknowledge that. And I think that 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 helps. I really love that. I think that's a that's a good thing to to remember. Like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we have partners who have different strengths about long term mm-hmm. and short term too. So yes. that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, lastly, you know, we just want to talk about like be involved. Don't ignore mm-hmm. what's going on in your financial life. Um, you know, if a credit card comes in, pay the bill. Um, if you you know get a student loan notice, you know, make sure that it's just taken care of. We don't want you to you know fall behind or um, but if you need help from your partner, let them know whether yes. that's, um, you know, maybe not paying your bill before you get married, but, you know, maybe it's like, hey, can you just remind me like every fifth of the month I need to pay this bill because like, I'm not very good at it or whatever it is. Just yes. be involved. So, yes, but yes, 
That's very important. It absolutely is. I agree. Well, yeah. come on. I think we totally got it. Oh, my goodness. I think we do. It's been such a pleasure this talking had, about this. It's been topic. so good. I'm so I happy know. with this. So I'm very if you're, happy. If you're wanting to learn more about, you know, credit in general, or you want to learn more about the research that my friend Emily did from Kansas State, um, you know, you can check out on our website, uh, which is uh, Plan Well, Retire Well, our blog. Um, and you can find that at retirewell.illinois.edu. But you can also check out, you know, our our. Uh, Facebook page or anything else, um, you know, or you even email us. You can always find us on our website at University of Illinois Extension. So thanks for joining us. It's been enjoyed. a pleasure. Yep. Yes. Thank hey. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can find us on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.